Well, good day. Thank you for joining us here at the Ministry of a Love Outreach. We are a Bible teaching ministry with a desire to see people come to and to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today I want to talk to you about a couple different verses of scriptures. And I would like to invite you that if you are in a position to do so, that you would grab a Bible and open it up to the book of 2 Corinthians. You will find that in the New Testament part of the Bible. So toward the back of the Bible, you will find 1 Corinthians. And then, of course, right after that will be 2 Corinthians. And I will be reading from chapter 7 of 2 Corinthians. Now let me start out by saying that the verses that I am about to read are probably best suited for those that would profess, excuse me, profess Christianity. And I know that that is a broad audience when we look at our society today many people would profess to be Christians but when I think of a Christian or when I speak about a Christian I am talking about it from a biblical standpoint and it is that person that has taken up the cross and has decided to follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And they have been born again. Now when I use the word Lord, and more specifically when the Bible uses the word Lord, it is speaking of a master. So a born again Christian is a person that has decided that Jesus is their master their king, and that they will pay homage to him, that they will bow and worship to him, and that they will be obedient to him in the way that they live their daily lives here on this earth. They have entered into the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God has entered into them through faith in Jesus Christ. And they are led by the Spirit. And the Spirit of the Lord teaches them and instructs them in righteousness. So as we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7 here, in verse 1 it says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So we see a few things here in verse 1. We see holiness, right? We see the getting rid of filthiness, right? Cleansing ourselves. And this is all because we have promises from the Lord, the promise of eternal life for those that will walk by faith in him. 
those that will not be of this world, but will fix their eyes on Jesus as the author and the finisher of their faith. So there is a getting away from filthiness and a perfecting of holiness in our lives in the fear of God. And this is something that as you read verse 1 of 2 Corinthians chapter 7, we realize that this is our responsibility to do this. In verse 2 it says, Open your hearts to us. So the Apostle Paul wrote this letter and he's writing it to a group of believers in Jesus Christ. And he says to them, We have wronged no one, we have corrupted no one, and we have cheated no one. Today we have many preachers and pastors and such people that call themselves reverend and ministers and such who do wrong other people and they are corrupt and they do cheat other people and they're in it for their selfish reasons to get money or to direct attention to themselves or to try to get people to follow them. But Paul's saying, open your hearts to us. He says, I do not say this to condemn you in verse 3. He says, for I have said before that you are in our hearts to die together and to live together. So Paul is stating his devotion to lead these people in the ways of righteousness and encourage them, as we read in verse 1, to cleanse themselves from filthiness and to perfect holiness in their lives in the fear of God. He says in verse 4, Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my boasting on your behalf. I am filled with comfort. I am exceedingly joyful in all our tribulation. For indeed, when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest. But we were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts. Inside were fears. So the apostles went through great stress in preaching the gospel and leading others to Jesus Christ. They were giving up their lives. They weren't living their best life now as many preachers preach about today. He says in verse 6, Nevertheless, God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus. So here we see an example of God using another man to come in and to comfort them. He says, and not only by, the, by his coming, but also by the consolation with which he was comforted in you when he told us of your earnest desire, your mourning, your zeal for me, so that I rejoiced even more. So Paul was saying he was blessed and he was comforted all the more to hear that they cared for him. Verse 8 says, For even if I made you sorry with my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it. For I perceive that the same epistle made you sorry, though only for a while. But here's a verse I really wanted to get to today. Verse 9. And 10 for that matter. But in verse 9 it says, Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, 
but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. And listen to what the Apostle Paul says here in verse 10. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. So I want to take a moment on this verse here, verse 10. Godly sorrow produces repentance, and that leads to salvation. So when a person is truly repentant, then they are truly sorrowful for their sin. They're not just trying to cover up their tracks. They're not just trying to make things right from an outward appearance. But rather they have within their hearts a godly sorrow that caused them to repent. To turn from their sin, yes, but also to be sorrowful for their sin. And this leads to salvation. Today, many people hear a gospel. It's a very popular gospel that is taught today. And it is not the gospel that you find in the scriptures. But it is a gospel that says you don't have to repent of your sin. It might, some people might go as far as saying, yeah, you should consider repentance. But there is a gospel that preaches and teaches that you can remain in sin and not be sorrowful for your sin. Because if you are truly sorrowful in a godly manner, then that will produce true repentance. You will stop that sin, for one, yes. But you will also be regretting it. Regretting that you had that sin. Right now, verse 10 says, not to be regretted. Now, in other words, you're not going to regret that you repented because it led to your salvation. But you're truly going to be sorrowful for your sin. And let me take a moment to say, as the scripture says, that all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us have sinned, but every one of us is called to repentance. And when I say that this message is for the born-again Christian, I am bringing this message in hopes that you haven't received that false gospel that tells you you can remain in sin, but rather that you have, you know, your mind set on, I'm backing up in the scriptures here, that you've decided, like verse 1 says, that you're going to cleanse yourself from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. 
Now, filthiness of the flesh and spirit. This is a flesh is what you do in your outward body, the sin you commit with your body. And the spirit is that sin that is within you because it starts within you. It's within your mind. It's something that you are thinking on, something that you are thinking about doing, some you know, situation or circumstance that you are allowing yourself to be in where you will give in to the filthiness of the flesh, where you will sin instead of perfecting holiness in the reverence of God, the fear of God. You see, when you truly fear God, then you are reverencing Him in everything that you do. And you don't want to sin. You don't want to sin against God. And you're focused on that and you won't do it. If you're led by the Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord, that is the Holy Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. This is what the Scripture tells us. But many people think today that they can have Jesus as their Savior and that everything's going to be okay with them in the end, even if they're sinning because Jesus is their Savior. But Jesus is to be Lord. If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that is, He is your Master, He is your King, you will obey Him, you will reverence Him, and you will walk in a manner that you are perfecting holiness in your life. Now in verse, I'm going back to verse 10 again, and I'll read it, for godly sorrow produces repentance that leads to salvation, or it says leading to salvation. Okay, so that's where it begins. It begins with godly sorrow. Many people sit in churches today, and many people profess to be Christians who have not truly repented. They continue in sin. And they continue in sin thinking that grace will abound when the Bible speaks directly against that. And they'll say, well, I'm saved by grace doesn't matter what I do. It's not my works. It doesn't matter what I do. So they continue to do the filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. In verse 11, he says, For observe this very thing, that you sorrowed in a godly manner. So in other words, take a look at this. Pay attention to this. Observe this. Is this what happened in your life today? Have you had a godly sorrow that led you to repentance? And then in verse 11, it continues and says, what diligence it produced in you. So observe that. What diligence it produced in you. What's the diligence? Well, that you're perfecting holiness in your life. That you're putting away, you're cleansing yourself from the filthiness of the flesh. And he says, what clearing of yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what vehement desire, what zeal, what vindication. In all things, 
you prove yourselves to be clear in this matter. So Paul is addressing them about something he wrote to them about before, a sin that they needed to repent of. And Paul was happy to hear when Titus reported to them that they did indeed pay attention to that and that they did indeed repent and they had a desire to be diligent now and to clear themselves, to reverence the Lord, to cleanse themselves from the filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit and they perfected holiness in their lives. So I will stop this here and just submit this brief message to those of you who do profess Christianity. The Apostle Paul also encouraged the Corinthians to examine themselves as to whether they were in the faith to test themselves. And I encourage you to do the same today. Thank you for listening. Please let me know that you listened. You can reach out to me if you'd like via email at dave at a loveoutreach.com. You can also go on to our website, aloveoutreach.com, and fill out the contact form. We'd love to hear from you. You can also, if you have access to doing so, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And also subscribe to us on YouTube where you will find a whole bunch more teachings. And of course on all the podcast platforms. In podcast formats we have uh, somewhere around 400 teachings out there now. But again, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you and give you peace. And I pray that today you will make a decision to seek the Lord with all of your heart, to love him, to make him Lord of your life, and to serve him in reverence. So God bless you. And until next time, have a wonderful day.